Welcome to the Family Tree Magazine Podcast, the show from America's number one genealogy magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. In this June 2014 episode of the podcast, we're going to focus on tracing military ancestors. We will start off at the Genealogy Insider blog, where managing editor Diane Haddad's going to share some successes that she recently had in her own military research. And then we're going to jump into the top tip segment and talk about women in the military with author and lecturer Lisa Alzo. And then in our 101 Best Website segment, we're going to head to an ideal website for military records, which is Fold 3. And then in the Family Tree University Crash Course segment, Tyler Moss is back. He's going to share some tips from the upcoming U.S. Military Records Trace Your Ancestors Service course that you can start using right away. And then finally, we will wrap up over at the publisher's desk with Allison Dolan, who's going to give us some ways to collect and share military stories from our own family history. There's a lot to cover, so let's get to it. Our first stop is the Genealogy Insider blog with Family Tree Magazine editor, Diane Haddad. We're going to kick off this episode with news from the blogosphere, and here to give us the scope is the Genealogy Insider blogger, Diane Haddad. Hi, Diane. Hi, Lisa. You know, um, recently, of course, in May, we had Memorial Day, and I noticed that a lot of the big genealogy record sites offered kind of free access during Memorial Day weekend. Great opportunity to search for military records. And you were writing about it because I saw that you were digging into some of those. And since military research is our theme this month, I would love to have you share some of your findings from those blog posts. Sure. Um, Some of my favorite records to use are draft registrations, um, especially for World War I. They're so comprehensive because they required every man who lived in the United States at that time um, born between certain years, even if they were immigrants, they had to register for the draft. So if you have relatives, men of that age, during World War One, then you probably have someone who registered for the World War One draft, and you can find out their their name and their address, their employer, the name of a emergent like an emergency contact, someone who I think will always know your address is the um the term that was used. It gives their um, hair color and eye color and their height, so you learn a little bit about what they looked like. So it's just um, neat information. And you have a place where the person was that you can add to your family tree research. Exactly. Now, I know you went to you went to Ancestry and Fold 3. There was a World War One draft. There was a World War Two draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, sometimes with some of these wars, records have been lost over the years. But it seems like these draft cards have been front and center as far as getting digitized right. and getting those online. Yeah, Family Search has the World War One draft cards, and that's of course a free site, so that's a great one for people to use. You don't have to wait for a free records offer. Um, and then Ancestry.com and Fold Three both have them. For World War Two, um, they had a draft, and not many of those are available yet for privacy reasons. There's what's called an old man's draft that um, registered older men at the time. And so because those people were born, you know, longer ago, 
those cards are available, I think, on um, Family Search and on Ancestry and Fold 3. And then Ancestry has a few state other draft cards. Um, I think it's Arkansas, North Carolina, Louisiana, and Georgia um, for younger men are on Ancestry. Now, of course, we know that with the census, there's the 72-year rule. Do you know what the privacy rule is around how old the person would have to be on the card before they could allow it to be public and digitized? Hmm, Not off the top of my head. I know that um, when military records are um, made publicly available at a certain time after, I think it's the birth of the person who was in the card, but I'm not sure exactly when that is. Right. Well, I noticed that you said in your blog post that the old man's draft, they had to be born between 1877 and 1897. And Diane has a, an example of one of these cards right here on the blog post. And she's right. It's absolutely packed full of um, so much great information. Kind of, mm-hmm. It's like this little snapshot of this person without seeing their face. And Diane, I love it because they've hand signed this, haven't they? Yeah. Yep, that's my, um, I think I put my great-grandmother's brother on there. Wonderful. Well, if you want to access these records, as Diane said, you don't have to wait totally because you can head to FamilySearch first. That's free and open, FamilySearch.org. But I'll have links to both of these posts uh, in the show notes for this episode. Yeah, I would just encourage people, um, especially around patriotic holidays like the 4th of July and Veterans Day, to watch Ancestry.com, Fold 3, My Heritage. Just watch all the big genealogy sites because usually someone will have a free records offer and then someone else will jump in. So it's kind of exciting, all the different ones that you can use. And if you're not a subscriber, you can use it. You have to register for free, but you can use it, you know, without paying. Exactly. So true. And you need to watch the genealogy insider blog because Diane is one always one of the first ones to get out there and post, hey, this record site just became available this weekend. You do. You do a great job. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this military themed episode. And we'll talk to you next month. Okay, sounds good. Thanks. Even though our theme for this episode is tracing your military ancestors, that doesn't limit our conversation to men. Women have historically played vital roles, both on the home front and on the field. And this was certainly true during World War One. Here to help us learn more about our female ancestors and the ways in which they served is genealogy author and instructor Lisa Also, Welcome back to the show, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. Great to be here. Well, I loved your article. It's called Service Women, and it appears in the July-August 2014 issue of Family Train Magazine. And in that article, you take us back to World War One, and you really explore the ways in which women served. So give us an overview. What kind of roles were women playing during the Great War? Well, first of all, thanks for your comments on the article. This this article was fun to write because I love to explore the topic of female ancestors and women on every level. And and so this was fun to to take a new twist on the First World War. And so, you know, women did a lot more than than we might think. And so they're 
There were uh, women who did serve on the battlefield. Uh, a lot of them mostly as Army Nurse Corps, but but a lot of them did serve. There were women in other countries that actually, you know, saw s- some combat and really were in the thick of things. And I go into details in the article. But yeah, they you know they did they did a lot of things, you know, taking care of personnel and and then there were uh, women who you know kept the home front fires burning and you know stepped in to do some jobs and and you know kind of kept things running as well so there 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 were a lot of levels and a lot of layers to to the roles that women played yeah well and you said in the article that in 1917 more than 20,000 American women joined the US Army Corps and more than half of those went overseas which is just amazing and of course just like with men, this was generating military records as well. These are still things that genealogists can tap into today. Absolutely. And uh, you should really, you know, start, you know, looking at the the military service records and the article, you know, gives the links to to find them. But uh, of course, the National Personnel uh, Records Center in St. Louis had uh, St. Louis had a fire in 1973. So a lot of files were affected, but there are still some things uh, that you might pick up in terms of branch records and, and service and so forth. And, and there's some tips in there. Also, it's a good idea to, you know, to read histories, you know, read unit histories. And, you know, you can certainly explore those through your local library and so forth. Uh, but, you know, they may give you, you know, context, even if you're female ancestor isn't named and and so you you know you should be looking at a lot of the big sites you know uh, ancestry.com has some unique databases uh, also family search you know should always do uh, a search on, on there uh, they have uh, some UK service records and uh, find my past also has a, a database of some uh, records as well U- UK military nurses from 1856 to about 1994 so there there are a lot of different places that you can look at as, as well. Well, you mentioned some great sites, familysearch.org, ancestry.com, and of course, Fold3, which is owned by Ancestry and specializes in military records as well. And you touched on the fact, of course, that women were also taking care of the home front. And you cover a bit of that and, and give some books in your article. Tell us a little bit about what kind of research, what are we looking for as a genealogist to learn more about the women on the home front. Well, there there are a lot of sources and, as you said, books and 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 articles that you can read about uh, the the jobs that they did. You know, textile manufacturing, clothing trade. So a lot of you might be able to find something with occupational records. Another great place to look is to search for ephemera. And of course, you know, we should always be starting at home to see if there's any ephemera or any heirlooms or anything we can find in our own families. But also the Library of Congress has has some great uh, information uh, in their American Memory Project. There, there are a lot of posters and a lot of other uh, neat little things, advertisements and things that you can look at. Of course, photographs and and other such uh, documents and items. So so that that's another place that you can you can definitely start looking in. And also, uh, you know, special things like widows and war brides. uh, And you can find those on through the National Archives and also through some other databases as well. Ancestry.com also has a database of gold star mothers, which 
in the late 1920s, the War Department, uh, they assisted mothers whose sons were buried overseas in making pilgrimages back to the grave sites. And so uh, you can you can search Ancestry.com's database for that. So there are a lot of different databases and, and neat little records that you can usually uncover. doesn't mean your ancestor will be in any of these, but it's always a good idea to look and, and see see what's there. Yeah, and, and even if they're not specifically listed, if you know that they served in a certain place or they were working uh, in a certain company here on the home front, you know, filling the, the roles uh, that men left behind, you can certainly learn a lot about those locations, those events, those time frames, just to get that bigger picture of what life might have been like. And I love the article because it has this little toolkit box and it's listed full of websites and you've got some really unique ones that we might not come across in our everyday research. What are some of your favorite uh, websites? You've mentioned some of the big boys in town in genealogy, but these are really specific to women in military. Uh, right. There, there are quite a few. And I was, I was pleasantly surprised as I was going through looking for them, trying to collect them for this article. And, you know, there's a, an, a Women's Army Corps a Veterans Association. Uh, there's a U.S. Army Women's Museum. And there are, you know, blogs. And there's, there are even some, some Facebook pages, such as a, a Canadian War Brides page on Facebook. So there are just a, a lot of unique websites out there. And, and as you said, a lot of people tend to go for the, the big data sites, and that's great because they do have a lot of the records, but there are some, some really interesting things that you can find out there. And, of course, one of my favorite always go-to sites is Cindy's List, so you want to check out Cindy's List for World War One. Yeah, perfect. I noticed the World War One Historical Association and it's at www1ha.org. It's not www like in World Wide Web. It's uh, World War One. So www1ha.org. Um, but you can get the complete list here in Lisa's article. And again, it's called Service Women. It's in the July, August 2014 issue of Family Tree Magazine and um, chock full of resources that you can use to discover their lives during World War I. Um, Lisa, great article. Thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Since our theme in this episode is tracing your military ancestors, it only makes sense to visit the Fold3 website in this 101 Best Websites for Tracing Your Roots segment. Here to tell us more about it is Anne Gillespie Mitchell. She's a senior product manager at Ancestry.com. And Anne is an active blogger on Ancestry. She writes the Ancestry Anne column, which you might be familiar with. And she holds a certificate from Boston University's Genealogical Research Program. Welcome to the show, Anne. Thank you, Lisa. It's just wonderful to be part of this. Well, we're glad to have you here. Fold3 fits right in with what we're talking about in this episode, which, of course, is tracing our military ancestors. And I'd love to have you just start by giving our listeners kind of a an overview tour in case, by chance, they haven't had a chance yet to visit Fold3. Sounds good. Fold3 is the world's premier collection of military records. So if you're looking for something on your ancestors and the wars they served in, it has to be your first stop. We have over 430,000 images on the site of original records, and this number continues to grow every day. The site focuses on U.S. military 
war. So what you're going to find here is everything from the Revolutionary War up to the Korean War. Now, some wars are not going to have as many records due to, you know, privacy laws for things that are more recent. So you do have to be aware of that. But if it's out there, we're doing our best to obtain it, digitize it, and get it on the site. And one of the things that we have that is a real genealogical goldmine is our pension files, both Revolutionary War and Civil War, because not only do they give you a good overview of how and when your ancestor might have died, it does a great job of documenting what might have happened to them in the service, as well as their other family members. So pension files, and I believe for the Revolutionary War, we have all the images. So if you're looking for that and you want to be part of, say, the DAR, the SAR, that's a place that you definitely want to go. We are also working on getting the files from uh, the pension files from the War of 1812. Uh, this is a user contribution and the more money that comes in through FGS and other programs. We've been able to digitize and put the pension files of 1812. This is also another gold mine for those early years when it's harder to find documents on your ancestors. And of course, for wars like the Civil War, we have a lot of the service records, both for the Union and the Confederacy. And this goes a long way in helping to understand that turbulent time in America's history. I mean, what a, an amazing collection. And I know that you guys are, you know, adding to it all the time. I think the 1812 project is fantastic and something that everybody can help out with. Um, so we're looking at the at the homepage and we're seeing you know some pretty cool stuff flashing by. We can see different wars represented. And we see, of course, the search box. Is that the best place to start? Um, because we're used to ancestry. We know we put our tree on ancestry and that type of thing. Where's the best place to start at Fold3? Oh, that's a great question. And like any genealogy site, there are lots of different ways to search. When I'm on Fold3, I'm usually looking for a specific soldier, a set of soldiers, and they're usually from a specific conflict. So what I suggest to everyone is to find, if you look under the box where it has the big ads that are rotating for things like D-Day right now, you'll find a box for Revolutionary War, War of 1812, Civil War, those kind of things. I click on one of those. And it will bring you to a page that will give you a list of our top collections in that particular war. And then I usually search collection by collection. You're going to have a much easier time of focusing down. One of the tricks to searching military records is a lot of them don't have birth dates involved with them. And one of the things that we're used to when we search on Ancestry or similar sites is you put in a name, a location, and a birth date, and that gets you to the right place. So you sort of have to do it a little bit differently on Fold 3 by picking the war, then the name, and then narrowing down that way. And you'll get to what you're looking for a lot faster. That is a great strategy and a great tip. And that's, that's one of those things we know that uh, you as an insider would would have a sense of. And so we're going to focus on which war we're looking at. And we can search within that you did mention that in some cases, what you have are images, but maybe they are not yet indexed. Do I have that right? There are some like that. Yes. Okay, so we could browse through those. That's where again, that search box isn't always the first tact to take. And I do see that there's an honor honor wall on here. Tell us about the honor wall. The honor wall was one of my favorite additions to Fold 3 over the last few months. The idea was is to build a page for every veteran that has served in any American conflict. 
And I think that is a great way to honor our military heroes and the ancestors in our lives who have fought in all these different wars. So you can go and you can check out pages, you know, that, you know, for people who are really famous, whether they be George Washington or General Patton or whoever. But you can also look up your ancestors and see if someone has started a honor wall for them. And if not, then you can start your own and you can add photos in, you can add images from the site. If you find images on ancestry or other places, you can add those in. You can write up a short description of their life or their time in the service, you know, whatever you think is most appropriate. But to me, it's a wonderful way to honor the veterans in our tree. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Well, before I let you go, I definitely want to find out, do you have any personal tips, tricks, things that you want to recommend that that people kind of keep in mind to really get the most out of the website? Yes. When you go through and you start to look at the images, the images on Fold3, they tend to come in groups. Like you might find one service record or one page of a pension. Make sure that you're looking at the whole collection. Most of these records come in many, many pages. And if you don't start to search them all and actually read through each one, you're going to miss a lot. So plan on spending some time and make sure you go forwards and backwards when you start to find those pages. There is so much wonderful information there on the site. That's a that's a great tip. We think of it kind of like when you go to the census and you don't want to just look at that one listing for your ancestor. You really want to see who's living around them and what's going on. People do live in, in context of, of other people's lives. So what a great collection. And, and finally, just for a little bit of inspiration, tell us about this area that says discoveries on the website. Well, in the discovery areas, what we've done is we want to look at what other people are finding. So if you're looking for a bit of inspiration and you aren't maybe focused on who you're looking at at the moment, you can go through and see who other people are adding to their tree. They may not be in your tree, but there's a ton of information, a ton of interesting information here. And you just never know what somebody might add and the stories they might tell. Our users are really good about going in and annotating and adding descriptions and information. So there's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, I, I love that, that you include the outcome, what's on the other side of all of this research, and it really creates a sense of community here. Uh, so, you know, if you want to get involved in Fold3, they have a seven-day trial that you can click through on the website, and that's a great way to to start to work with it and just to see it all unfold in front of you. And this is a wonderful orientation to the website and keep up the great work. We'll look forward to all the new records coming down the pipeline. Sounds good. Thank you for inviting me. With so many military conflicts throughout American history, it's likely that your ancestors were involved. But finding records of their service will help you round out the portrait of their lives and honor their memory, which is, of course, what we're all looking to do. Military files also can reveal information about widows and children and even ancestors who didn't serve because they might have left behind draft records. Well, in the upcoming course, U.S. Military Records, Trace Your Ancestors Service at Family Tree University, they really dig into this and explain it and help you find these records. 
Here to share those with us is Tyler Moss. He is the online editor at Family Tree Magazine and the dean at Family Tree University. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Tyler, this course is really something that I think at some point every genealogist would benefit from because we we do have to get into tackling military records. And they are a bit of a different animal than many other genealogical records. Give us a quick overview of what we're going to discover in the course so that I can dig into uh, asking you a couple of specifics for sharing tips and tricks straight out of the course. Right. Well, just with so many military conflicts throughout history, it's more than likely your ancestors were involved in at least one. But, you know, as you kind of said, military records come in so many different types of forms just because there's been so many different types throughout history. So some of what we discuss in this course is such things as, you know, different definitions and terminology used in military records and kind of how that can help you and guide you through records. We discuss service records, pension records, bounty land records, and draft records for all sorts of different conflicts to really kind of guide you through. Terrific. And they share in the class not only what the records are, and then where to find them. And I think what the records are, you know, that's often a big question. How do we know what we're looking for if we're not even that familiar with this particular record set? Can you give us some of the specifics? What what do military records encompass? Exactly. Well, let's take, for instance, a military service record. The basic components of a service record are muster rolls. They're these sheets that list who in a unit was present when attendance was taken. If a person was missing, the reason will be given, and uh, muster rolls may have been taken daily, weekly, or you know perhaps only sporadically for your ancestor's unit. Muster rolls were then used to prepare payrolls, so if the individual was present, then he was entitled to pay for the entire period, and that information may actually appear in the service records. In addition, these records can include, you know, medical or prison registers, um, if some transgression took place. They can also include such things as um, a compiled military service record card that references the above, you know, different types of documents bearing information about the soldier, such as, you know, height and all that kind of vital information, really, about yeah. kind of their, their being. Exactly. So... Gosh, there's a lot of, you know, detail in these records. What does the, the, the course recommend um, in terms of when we sit down and we're ready to extract that data? Any tips on that? One of the key things we want to teach is when extracting information from these records to copy exactly what you see. Abbreviate where the record is abbreviated, misspell where the record is misspelled, spell it out if it's spelled out, write dates as they are written, not to take any shortcuts, because essentially what this does is reduce the opportunity for mistranscribing the information in the record. And that's a great point, because not every archive is necessarily going to be agreeable to us snapping pictures or making photocopies. So there's nothing like writing it down and getting it verbatim, exactly the way we see it. And and what's great is, if we run into an acronym or something that's on the document that just doesn't seem to make sense to us, we can head back, get online, and do some research on it. Find out what does that mean if if there isn't perhaps uh, a resource person available right there in the archive to help explain it. Well, these are great tips. Fits right in with our military theme for this episode. And again, if you're interested in this course, if it sounds like you're ready to tackle military records, this one's called U.S. Military Records Trace Your Ancestor's Service. And it The next course starts up July 7th of 2014. So this is the time to uh, get registered. I'll have a link in the show notes for you. 
And again, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing some tips and tricks on military research. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. As we wrap up this June 2014 episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast, it's been devoted to tracing our military ancestors. Let's check in at the publisher's desk with Allison Dolan. Hi, Allison. Hi, Lisa. You know, we've been talking all about uh, tracing our military ancestors and, you know, honoring heroes. And I, I know when you and I were chatting that uh, you had some really neat ways that people could easily share stories about uh, the military people in their family and uh, really honor them. Tell us about that. Sure. Well, one easy way is obviously just to sit down and talk with the relative who has been um, in the military and served our country. And when you do that, you can capture the stories. But there are actually some formal programs that you can take part of to record those interviews and have them archived for posterity. So not just your own relatives, but so that the history of those stories um, and its importance to the history of the military as a whole can be preserved too. And one way to do that is the Library of Congress has a, a program, and it's called the Veterans History Project. And through that, um, they will archive the interviews that you record at the uh, Library of Congress so that those will be preserved and accessible forever, which is great. And they have some resources on the Library of Congress website through the Veterans History Project. Um, they can help you with what questions to ask and how to do the recording and things of that nature. So do you need to be there in Washington, D.C. in person to do this? Absolutely not. You can do them from anywhere. Um, the formal program is basically just a way to submit the interviews that you've done yourself so that they get archived permanently. Another option that I think is also great is the StoryCorps project. And that's another one where they have a StoryCorps booth um, in a fixed location, but they also have these mobile StoryCorps booths that travel around the country. And so if one of those happens to be coming to your neck of the woods, what a great opportunity to take a veteran into that booth and have those um, stories recorded. And again, those also get archived. I believe it's at the Library of Congress. And um, you get to keep a recording yourself. And, you know, I think it's also neat because those some of those interviews get featured on the radio, like on National Public Radio and different shows. They have a story course spot every um, Friday. And so that's also a way to really spread the stories uh, of people's oral history and their experiences during wartime um, into a wider audience. Yeah, and looking at the website, they've had over 90,000 people share their stories uh, and collect them in their archive. And of course, being an archive, then that's a great place to go to also just um, hear from other people, maybe people who served alongside uh, where your ancestors were or had firsthand knowledge of a battle or a situation that might even pertain to your family history. And, you know, another way they dish these up is not just on the radio, but on YouTube. Um, yes. I love the, the cartoons that they set to some of these audio <laughs> recordings. They're awesome. Um, I know one of them that's kind of the military theme is Germans in the Woods. And um, that's about Joseph Robertson. He was an inf infantryman in the U.S. Army, and he fought at the Battle of the Bulge, which is really, really well done. 
but I have to say one of my favorites, it's called um, No More Questions. And it's not military related at all, but it's a wonderful, humorous, very touching story um, that a couple of grandkids did with their grandma. And um, it's actually a good example of pulling the stories out of people who maybe don't want no more questions. <laughs> and and they did a wonderful job of it. And they set these two really interesting and riveting um, cartoons, which I would think would be a really cool way to share it with particularly young people to get them kind of seeing the value of stories in our lives. Sure. And you mentioned how some people are kind of reticent to talk about um, their stories or share things. And I know, you know, with military in particular, yeah, some of those can be very difficult and painful memories to talk about. My grandfather served in World War II, and he's one of those people who just doesn't really like to talk a lot about it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, doing a formal interview like that isn't really something that I can be successful at talking <laughs> him into. Um, but one way that his service um, was honored and something that got him to open up a little bit more um, was something called the Honor Flight. Um, this is an organization, the Honor Flight Network, that organizes trips to Washington, D.C. for veterans, especially of World War II, but also of um, Korea and Vietnam, um, to go to the mall at Washington and see the memorials. And, you know, to give you an idea of how powerful an experience that is, my grandpa, who really doesn't like to talk about his war experience at all, came back from that trip and he was just so excited about it. He actually said to me, you need to write about this in your magazine. This is a really great thing. So I'm happy to be the ambassador um, to let people know about what a great program this is. And um, the way that you could involve your, your veteran and your family is you could, you know, help nominate your um, relative to go on one of these honor flights. And you can do that from the website, which is honorflight.org. Oh, fantastic idea. What a wonderful experience for him. And how wonderful that it kind of opened the door to getting some of those stories. And Allison mentioned StoryCorps. Um, You can check that out at storycore.org. We'll have links to all of the sites that she mentioned here in the uh, podcast show notes. And also, you can head over to youtube.com and just do a search on StoryCorps, and you'll see all those wonderful stories, um, not all of them, but some of them set to cartoons, <laughs> which sounds like a funny combination, but they're doing a great job of um, kind of bridging the generations and making stories accessible and fun and interesting for everyone in our family. Uh, great ideas. Thank you so much, Allison. Thank you for sharing the story also about your grandpa. Absolutely. Thank you. And I hope everyone takes advantage of the opportunity to report their veteran stories. Thanks so much for joining me for this June 2014 episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast. It's the monthly show from America's number one genealogy magazine. Here are a couple of action items for you until we meet here again next month. First, be sure and check out Lisa Alzo's article. It's called Service Women. You're going to find it in the July-August issue of Family Tree Magazine. And you can order the paper copy or the digital version at shopfamilytree.com. 
Next, head on over to familytreemagazine.com slash podcast. And that is where you're going to find the show notes for this episode. And those will include information and website links to everything that we covered on today's episode. Of course, including Fold 3, the great military records website, and that U.S. military records class at Family Tree University. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Lisa Louise Cook, and I invite you to visit me at my website, genealogygems.com, where you can listen to the free podcast. There's two of them, the Genealogy Gems podcast and Family History, Genealogy Made Easy. And of course, both of those are available free through iTunes. So until next time, have fun climbing your family tree. 